Tom Zalatni. And I'm Tefra Jemian. And you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Before we dig in, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we are recording and the food environment that we live in is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. Now, we have been in your ear buddies talking about food for 100 episodes. You it's okay? The, it's the you big okay? one hundo. I wasn't ready for ear buddies, honestly. Ear I wasn't buddies. ready for it. I was going to say earbuds, but I realized not everybody uses earbuds. Yeah, it's true. And so, that was my workaround. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, it worked. It yeah, worked. It worked around. It worked around. It sure did. Yeah, this is this is episode one hundred. That's kind of a that's a kind of a big that's kind of baffling to me that we've been doing this for one hundred episodes. Well, you've been doing this yeah. for one hundred episodes. I've been doing this for one hundred minus some episodes, yeah, like fifty maybe. Or, yeah, yeah, seventy. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I've been off and on and off and on. You've been around though. I've been around. Yeah, you've been around, around the block. But what's really like. It's kind of amazing to me that we're at 100 because I remember when this show was conceived, yeah. like in our kitchen in a series of conversations, and now suddenly we're at episode 100. Pretty intimate details for you to disclose to our listeners there. Listen. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's it. It's uh, it's exciting that we're 100 episodes into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where like number-based podcasting milestones for me have started to lose their flair a little because i've been at this for like because you've done a thousand (laughs) podcast episodes over the past eight years probably like yeah i mean i I started doing things on this very feed in 2015 right yeah june of 2015 and i had started a different podcast like a month before that so actually i've been podcasting since may of 2015 it's a long time it's a long time it's eight years yeah and like you know this is not my first 100th episode, and I suspect it won't be my last. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this one, I don't know, this feels special because this, mm-hmm. I feel like this is one of the first shows that, well, it's the first show I've seen you just, mm-hmm. like, develop fully, which sure, is exciting because yeah. with your other shows, with the exception of a few sort of little projects here and there, mm-hmm. I came in once you'd already established them. And it's, yeah. it was really fun to see this one just kind of germinate and develop. And it's just, I don't know, it's a special project. It is, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it is definitely like, I think this is the first time that I've had a project that I am passionate about yeah. grow to this extent, you know? It's also kind of the first, like, I feel like it's the first podcast you've done that's been like a, a distinct project rather than... Mm-hmm you know, let's get together with these people and kind of see what happens, which is a different way of generating content, which is also a really, like, fun way of, of doing it. Yeah. Um, but this is just something new. That's it. This, this yeah. to me, feels like an ongoing project that I'm, like, invested in, mm-hmm. like, mentally mm-hmm. and, and heartily, yeah. as opposed heartily. to a, like, content churning out machine, which yeah. is, you know, not to say that I haven't, you know, gotten a lot of joy and, and fun and engagement in my life out of past projects yeah but like there is definitely a difference that i feel in like 
producing something week after week that I'm genuinely proud of versus yeah. producing something that's just like, yeah, this is fun and like, I'm glad I'm doing it, you know? Yeah, well, it's research-based in a way your mm-hmm. past projects haven't been. Yeah. Um, it's also the first show that we've done together. Mm. Like, officially, obviously, yeah. we have been recording together in various <laughs> ways for years. But, yeah, yeah. And that's something that's special and fun. That is nice. Um, yeah. And, you know, we've got this great audience mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. who are super engaged. That's you guys. And because we have this great audience that's always been super engaged, uh, we decided to give this episode to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, We told you to ask us anything, and you delivered. You did. So we will be answering your questions today, digging into personal taste, and also... It's really mostly personal taste. We told you you could talk about anything. You told We told you you could ask us about anything, and you all asked about food. Yeah. Uh, So, you know... We're going to talk about food because that's what we do. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, like, it's a food podcast, so I imagine that's what you want. You get what you ask for. Shall we dive in with question numero one? Let's do it. So the first question comes from friend of the show, Sophie Lane, who asks, what is the worst pickled item? Now, this is a hard one because I think, I mean, you know, it kind of goes against the, like, thesis of our show to decide that any one thing is the worst right this is not a hard one for me what's what is it i had an answer immediately okay what's your worst and listen there are so many things like you can pickle tongues you can pickle pig's feet you can pickle pig's ears Mm -hmm. you can pickle anything Uh, but for me the absolute worst pickled item is eggs okay fair enough there's there's i know you know you're eastern european this might be fighting words but like you're not supposed to pickle an egg (laughs) I've never had a pickled egg. Mm -mm. I don't care to have a pickled egg. (laughs) I I don't like the thought of pickled eggs. Right. I don't think they should be pickled. (laughs) I mean, you know what? Fair enough. I, uh, confession, have never had a pickled egg myself. Um, I don't hate the idea of them. I bet they're pretty good if you like eggs. But I know you don't like eggs, so I, that makes sense to me that I for mean, you that'd be the best one. I have a complicated relationship with eggs. I ate eggs yesterday. Well, yeah. Um, I don't like, I just, they're just a little, I have a difficult relationship with eggs. Mm-hmm. And then when you take this thing that I like only in very specific contexts and very specific preparations, it just feels like a waste of a good brine. Mm. Okay. Like pickled, okay, listen, even like pickled tongue, I'm not like a big tongue eater, Mm -hmm. uh, culinarily speaking, Um, but I can like, I can like wrap my head around the concept of pickled meat, you know? Sure. Like, I feel like that, like I have a benchmark in my brain. I can be like, okay, I see how this can work Mm. texturally, flavor wise. I don't, I don't get that with an egg. Okay. And like, do you pickle them raw? Do you pickle them hard boiled? I don't know what you do with them. I, I didn't do research. This isn't a research episode. That's a good question. I think you probably hard boil them I and think peel them and pickle first. them. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense to me. And then I guess there's like a deviled egg thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah. But I don't. I I don't want it. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. You don't have to eat it. I uh, I think for me, like, the pickled thing that sounds the worst to me, but that I'd still be willing to try at least once, because like. I'm always willing to try it is like and I don't know if this actually counts as pickled or just fermented but I I feel like often those get used interchangeably is the like fermented shark thing no I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say right away that's not pickled it's not eh no no okay fermenting fermentation and, and pickling are not the same yeah, well what's the oh <laughs> is is the is the is the baby chicken the egg is that pickled it's marinated you can just oh, say that's... pickled you can just say pickled eggs Tom you're allowed to just agree the thing with is me. I don't I don't think that's true for me. I think okay. pickled eggs sound really good to me. I think for me, it would have to be some kind of meat thing. 
I think I think for me pickling is best for me when it's like veggies and yeah. recently fruit actually and and spoilers ooh, for next week's episode ooh. that's actually all about pickles my guest and I get into a little bit but like I think I think yeah pickled meat to me is not the most appealing thing and I know that it's a thing that gets done yeah but again I don't know if I'd be comfortable categorizing anything as the worst like I don't know yeah I mean the thing is like when we're talking about vegetable pickles hmm. I just I can't get mad at any of them right you know like fruits and vegetables um, even like things like walnuts and roots that you can pickle. I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then we get into things like egg and I get sad. Sure. So like, that's it. I feel like with this, you have to go in the direction of like pickled pig's ears or something like that. Sure. But at the same time, like I've never tried those. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> like basically, I just haven't met a pickle that I haven't liked. Apparently you could pickle shrimp. Sure. I mean, people pickle herring too, right? That's right. I forgot about that. I'm mad at that one, too, but that's just because I don't like fish, so I'm not going to go there. Right. And see, that that for me, it's like, yeah, it's all the like animal one. All the animal ones are the ones that, to me, make me go, I don't instinctively find that appealing, mm-hmm. but it's not the culture that I grew up in, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm also taking that with a grain of salt or a, you know, leader of Brian. I think what we're learning here is that asking us the worst food is a bad idea because we're just going to be like, but it's, but it's food. Well, it's- asking me that's going to get that result. Asking you that's going to make you go eggs. Okay, don't ask me a question where the answer can be eggs then. Yeah, and otherwise fair. we're fine. <laughs> Should we go to our next question? Let's go to our next question. Sorry, Sophie, if that was disappointing. <laughs> um, don't feed me eggs. <laughs> So our next question is from Lee. Uh, Lee was one of our judges on Munch Madness and is a foodie in Montreal. And they want to know, what is your all-time favorite bakery in Montreal? Ooh. Ooh, okay. So I have not done extensive research into bakeries in Montreal because I have mostly lived in one neighborhood for most of my life. Uh, But I can tell you that I have a favorite bakery in NDG, and that bakery is... La Menerie Urbaine, which is Hipster. hard for me to say without sounding very Anglophone, uh, unless I stop and say it intentionally, you know? Yeah. Uh, the Menerie Urbaine, it's uh-huh. uh, it's our local, like, hipster bread baker. They mostly do really nice breads, but they have a bunch of little pastry things as well that are really mm-hmm. good. And, and they're sourdough. That's their yeah. whole thing, is that they're naturally leavened. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, this bakery, you walk past it, you're on the other side of the street, and you get a waft of just bready goodness. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know I made a little hipster remark, but honestly, like, it is the good shit. Yeah. It is artisanal bread. Mm-hmm. It's naturally leavened. It's open for, like, a limited time, and they sell out all their stock in that time, and mm-hmm. they make cookies the size of your face. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're really good. They're really good. They have one thing on their menu that I just cannot get enough of. Uh, They call it the Mr. Felix. Have you had this before? I have not. Tell me about Mr. Felix. So the Mr. Felix, which is actually named after my buddy Felix, who works there. He's like one of the bakers there. It's a brown sugar cinnamon roll, but it's like croissant texture almost. So you get this like little bit of crunch from it, and it like but it like pulls apart like a cinnamon roll, and it is divine. It is like. I can't so believe you've good. never bought me a Mr. Felix. Here's the deal. Last time I went there, I bought two, <laughs> but I ate them both on the way home. But I brought home really that's, nice bread That's instead. worse. You see how that's worse, don't you? I do. I do. <laughs> but I'm not going to lie to you about it. 
the intention was there. It just didn't, I didn't have the follow through, okay? <laughs> Next time I'll buy three and hopefully only eat two of them all the way up. But I'm not even going to make a promise there, all right? It's a good pastry. Maybe, maybe I know where we're going tomorrow. <laughs> How about you? You got a favorite bakery? Oof. Um, it's a tough one for me for two reasons. One is that for a significant amount of my time in Montreal, I was not eating uh, gluten. Yeah. Which means I was not going to bakeries sure, for yeah. like the first half of my time in Montreal. Right. Um, which is when I was more mobile and going to more neighborhoods because I did not have small children right. at that point. So it's kind of tricky because, yeah, I'm also sort of neighborhood limited here. Sure. So if this seems a little like, huh, West Montreal heavy, that's because we don't we don't go anywhere else. Yeah. This is where we are. Yeah. Uh, all the rumors are true. Once you move to NDG, you never leave. <laughs> we have everything we need here. Why would you go anywhere else? Yeah. Uh, and one of those things that we have is bakeries. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. We have uh, La Munerie Urbaine, which... Urban, which I did not talk about because I knew you were going to talk yeah, about yeah. it. So I was like, I'm going to think of some other options. I think the first bakery I became aware of in this area was Chez Fred's sure. on Sherbrooke. And Chez Fred's, man, if you want a good croissant, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you want a good croissant and a good um, like latte together, that's that's where you go. They've got the big long tables. You can see them rolling out and scoring and rolling the croissant. It's extremely fun. Yeah. Um, I first went there because somebody, my friend Kat actually told me that um, Chez Fred, I could get real cafe au lait there mm-hmm. when I was in college. And so I trekked out. Uh, and they made me a latte because I've done this whole <laughs> spiel. I've done this whole spiel. In Montreal, the ca- coffee culture is Italian. You cannot get a proper cafe au lait. Yep. They make you a latte. We can save that for another episode. But the croissant was incredible. Yeah. It's really interesting. Cafe culture or bakery culture is very different here than it was Mm. in Boston. Okay. uh, Which I find, I mean, one is you can't get a good croissant, like, to save your life in Boston, right? Like, they don't exist, but they have really good Danish. And here, you're not going to find Danish. You're rarely going to find Danish. Sure. There aren't many, you you can't just, like, walk into any coffee shop and get a Danish. No, you got to go to the kosher ones here to get a good (laughs) Danish. It's true. Um, Anyway, Chez Fred, really good. They have lovely challah. They have uh, really good various breads if you want breads that aren't necessarily sourdough. Um, they have a real variety. Their croissants are amazing. Their mm-hmm. little uh, viennoiserie, mm-hmm. little pastries are really good. I have a couple of sort of, I feel like they're controversial picks because okay. they're chains. Okay, that's okay. Uh, but Première Moisson. Sure. Like, shout out. Yeah. Première Moisson is a is a an institution yeah. in this city. Their quality is excellent. Yeah. Uh, they're a real French bakery. Like yeah. you want your French stuff, you go there, and mm-hmm. and it's there, and it's delicious. Totally, uh, and it's everywhere. <laughs> That's what chains are good for, right? Exactly. Like, yes, you're not necessarily going to like meet and befriend the baker and have them have a fascinating life story at a chain but you're gonna get a high quality consistent product and you'll be able to find it no matter what borough you're in and that's Mm -hmm. something you know that's exactly that's, that's great too you know yeah yeah exactly and it's really good yeah it was like when I moved here that was where I would go because it was French my parents were French and they were like oh my god it's so good (laughs) like this is just like being in France um and so that you know I have a soft spot they're really really good my next pick and I feel like this is gonna be like really um 
I'm like almost embarrassed. It's another chain. That's okay. Um, and it's Coco Bun, the like Chinese bakery chain that like I go to the one in Concordia Metro. And listen, I am sure this is not the best Chinese bakery in Montreal. Sure. And I'm like especially feeling nervous about this because like Lee knows the Asian food. Like everything in Montreal and I'm pretty sure that I'm going to go to work and they're going to be like you need to go to this this and this picture sure. they're better but, um, but <laughs> you can get the like barbecue pork buns there which I absolutely love mm. I was introduced to those by my cousin in Seattle actually and was mm. just like what is this I need a thousand right yeah so you can get them it's cheap it's really yummy um it's like it reminds me of a bon in Boston where you like go and you have your little tongs and there's a bunch of different selections and you load up your tray and you go pay for it and you can get bubble tea. And it's just like it's fun and it's homey sure. and really, really yummy. Mm. Uh, and like pretty cheap, which is quite good. Quite cheap, actually. Yeah. 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 So um, I get excited when I see one. When I see mm. one, I usually go get myself a yummy little snack and that's... Not the true of uh, not true of a lot of other places. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Like, there's something to be said for like the quick fix, tasty, yeah. like fast option that's still very good. And like, you need lunch, yeah, and you're in a hurry. You can get like two of those for like five bucks. Hell yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Like, I, I don't think that you need to feel any shame for choosing chains for this one. Like. Thank you. Like, yeah, my I probably go to Premier Moisson way more than I go to Minutio, but man, it's so hard to say. I probably go there more often than I do to, to my mm-hmm. pick mm-hmm. because, one, it's closer to our house. And two, yeah, it's like slightly cheaper and like a little more accessible and like, you know, open longer, hours, open longer yeah. has like a bigger variety. So like, I think we could divide this right into mm-hmm. like special treat bakeries, mm-hmm. like because basically it has to be really part of your routine mm-hmm. or you have to live really close by yeah. for it to be somewhere you go regularly yeah, just because yeah. they're hours and because they're so popular right. that they sell out immediately. Yeah. But like Premier Moisson, it's like yeah. it's open business hours. Yeah. They're not going to run out because they keep baking throughout the day because they have a huge <laughs> staff because they're a huge chain. Yeah. Um, they make this like oh, almond and pear tart. Yeah, they do. Oh, I God. was just thinking about that. Yeah. Oh, we need to get one of those soon. Well, and, and the, the thing that I love is like we live in the Monkland Village, right? Yeah. And both of the places that we've mentioned, not Coco Bun, but the other two are on Monkland. Yeah. And... We also have another bakery between the two of them, uh, Shane Nancy, that is great also. And I have like, mm, Shane Nancy's overpriced. Yes. Real overpriced. They, there's a reason that they're not the one that I chose, but I like yeah. them. Like if I'm... <laughs> they're excellent. They're very, very good. Yeah. But I got a $13 haul of their ones. That's the thing, right? If I'm <laughs> if I'm looking for something that quality, I want to go to Minerio Ben. Yeah. But if I don't want to walk the extra, like, eight blocks, yeah. I'm going to go to Nancy because it's, like, on our cross street, right? Sure. Like, <laughs> you, like there's a there, – it's 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 better sure. that way, you know? Or, or not better. It's it's close. And it's that's close. nice. And it, it's very good. And I love that we are walking – like, Shea Fred is also walking distance. It's not as close. It's yeah. not somewhere I would just pop down to. But, like, yeah, we're in a good place for bakeries. Yeah. And like I love Monkland Village. That's the thing. And like Montreal's Nobody a great city here. We for, need the rent to go down. Yeah, please. Everybody actually move out of NDG. NDG sucks, man. Fuck, man. There's Let's too many bakeries to, here. Get out. We need out. to go back to the reputation it had in 2010 where people were like, if you go there, you're going to get stabbed. 2010s? 
when I moved here, people were still having that reputation. Okay. I've been here long enough that I, I forgot when that changed over. Can that, somebody yeah. just start graffitiing things? Everybody do a lot of really, but like aggressively, like anti-cop graffiti specifically. Like mm. nothing that affects like marginalized people groups. Yeah. You know? What we need is just like a good amount of like vandalism. Yeah. No violence, no. but just enough vandalism to yeah. make it less of a gentrification hotspot. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So shall we move on to our next question? Let's do it. That yeah. took a turn. <laughs> uh, speaking of Lee, who asked that last question, uh, they asked a second question, and I like it, so I want to answer it. And Absolutely. that is, uh, what is your favorite East Asian dish? Now let's define East Asian Love, honestly love the specification because whenever people talk about Asia, I'm always like, okay, but like Turkey is part of Asia too. Um, So Wikipedia's definition of East Asia, which is what I'm going to go with here. The modern states of East Asia, according to Wikipedia, include China, Japan, Mongolia, North Korea, South Korea, Taiwan, and then, you know, territories thereof. They also say like, you know, kind of Russia, but like... Russia is often not considered part of Asia for whatever okay. reason. So, so yeah, China, Japan, the Koreas, Mongolia, Taiwan. Okay, that's easy for me. Japji, I, sure. I love Japji. I would eat it every single day. Uh, uh, Korean dish of sweet potato noodles, which are are transparent and just like have this wonderful chew to them, um, and they're marinated in. Like soy sauce and sugar, and I'm not mm. sure what else. It's a pretty simple marinade. There's always these little earthy mushrooms in mm. it. There's always like some marinated veggies. I love it with bulgogi beef, like, mm. um, but it's also really good vegetarian. Um, it's just it keeps really well. You can eat it hot or cold. It's delicious. I love it so much. Yeah. 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 It was not hard for me. I love japchae. No, yeah, that's that's fair. I think for me, this is a tough one because I I have favorites in each. You know, like there's yeah, yeah. there's like little like pockets of like oh like this, but also this, and Ooh, also you know yeah. Or there's also tteokbokki. Mm, I love Korean food. <laughs> so you're you're yeah, that's the thing. You're you're jumping straight to Korea really easily because your favorites are all Korean. I guess I just I love Korean food. Yeah, and that's super fair. <laughs> like me too, right? Because it's like for me, it's like okay, yeah. When I think Korean, like for me, it's bulgogi. Yeah. You know, it's it's the beef, it's the the tasty marinated beef. It's like Korean barbecue places where you yeah. get the slab in the middle of the table and you do your thing. But is that something that I like more than I like all you can eat sushi? I don't mm. know. Is that something I like more than I like fucking like fried soup dumplings? I don't know. Oh, I forgot about dumplings. That's Shit. the thing, right? It's God, it, I th- love soup dumplings. This is a hard question for me. If if <laughs> I think if Chinese food wasn't part of this, I would be like having an easier time answering this one. But uh-huh. then it's like all of Chinese food that I have had in, in Montreal. Just like the I've Shanghai loved. noodles at Yangtze. Yeah. There's there's Szechuan food from Szechuan on Guy. Oh my <laughs> like, god, Szechuan food. Like, Lee, why you gotta do it? It's like this, this is, is this so is hard. hard. This is and, and I mean obviously it's hard because it's East Asian food and not just like one cu- yeah, culture. And East right? Asia is large <laughs> and has a lot of really good food. Yeah. It's like you're um, giving us like five or six, seven I'd lost count a, a non- small number of countries to choose and from large here. countries with yeah. regions yeah so so hard question hard but, question <laughs> yeah i think right now if you would ask me which one i want in this moment it's it's fried soup dumplings specifically like curry beef soup dumplings uh-huh. from uh oh no what's the name of the place on lincoln we've ordered from there a couple of times i used to go there all the time in any case the place on lincoln with the dumplings 
Yeah. My 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 downtown Montrealers will <laughs> definitely know what I'm talking about. You know oh the my spot. god. Yeah. And then okay, but yes, okay. So we I think we've answered the dishes all right. Yeah. So yeah. dumplings, Jap J. Just want to give a quick rundown on some of our favorite restaurants because we order East Asian food a lot. Yeah. You yeah. might have noticed we're big fans of it here, especially me. Um, <laughs> it's true. You you usually are the one who leans us in that direction when yeah. we're figuring out takeout. Yeah. I'm the one who leans us in like cascroot and like barbecue directions. Yes. And I'm like I'm like we're gonna get either tacos or some kind of noodles. <laughs> yeah. And thankfully I also really like those things. So like ninety percent of the time it works for me. The Sichuan place on Ghee. It's yeah. just called like Sichuan. It's just called Sichuan. Yeah. Uh, listen, that place, incredible. I was introduced to it um, going in groups with actual like Chinese people ordering, and mm. whew, that's the way to do it. That's the way to get introduced. Um, they make a, like, okay, this is super simple, but they make a bok choy that mm-hmm. is so good. Sure. It's just like, like halved, seared with a, it's so good. Um, the green beans. The Sichuan green beans. God. Um, so go there. Yeah. Uh, you really cannot go wrong, but honestly, don't be shy to ask them what to order because mm-hmm. they're really good at helping people choose what to order. A, a general rule of thumb in restaurants, yeah. never hesitate to ask the staff what they like. Yeah. Because, like, you know they like something. Yeah. And it's probably pretty good because, yeah. like... You know they're eating there every fucking shift, <laughs> so you know that they're gonna have an opinion about what the best thing on the menu is, mm-hmm. uh, at least of the stuff they've tried. Mm-hmm. And like, they're going to have eaten it more than once, mm-hmm. and they're going to have chosen that as the thing that they think is best. Yeah, it's worth asking. Unfortunately, my personal favorite Korean place closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lovely restaurant called Kiwa on Monkland, Rest and in it peace. yeah, it was a um, unfortunately fell to the covid hit mm-hmm. um but it was absolutely lovely just a little uh family place mm-hmm. with a really limited menu of yeah. good stuff uh they made these fries dusted with plum powder they were so good they were so good oh the plum powder fries i forgot that i missed those until you brought them up <laughs> i'm so sorry and they had the best kimchi that i have had with the lotus Montreal. root on there yeah Oof. but it was just the funk was exactly right and yeah. you know me I'm a little baby. I'm mm-hmm. weird about fishy flavors. Mm-hmm. They had it was it was perfect. It was exactly right. It was fishy, but in it was a way fishy. that didn't bother you. It was fishy was, in a yeah. way that didn't bother me, yeah. which like never happens. No. Um so RIP Kiwa. However, yeah, yeah. my NDG has a surprising number of really good Korean restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> right now like we've had a real influx of korean food in yeah. the last few years and like half um, of them were opened by the moms of people that i grew up with i love that see i love that even more i love that even more yeah. so you you give the rundown then on the local well monami is fantastic monami is fantastic. yeah, yeah. monami is like i think ndg is like classic like yeah. it's it's maybe been around the longest you Dawa want... might be might be, have been around May... longer i'm not sure i think monami has been around longest yeah um, They're both you want staples. the like classic Korean fried chicken? Yeah, that's where you want to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one specifically on Summerled because there's a couple and one yeah. of them doesn't have a fryer. So yeah. you go there, you get the more like the japjae and the like bulgogi and stuff like yeah. that. The uh, the one on Sherbrooke near Calem also has uh, a Does fryer. It, yeah, they, they do fried chicken fryer. too. No, they do. 
Okay, anyway. Yeah. Real good. Yeah. Real good. There's also Sopung, which is new. Yeah. Up on Queen Mary. Also um, great. They're my favorite Jap J sure. in the neighborhood at this point. Um, everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, they're all good. You can't go wrong. That's okay. And what I love about Sopung is they send you all of the little dishes that go yes. with. They send you, you know, Korean food. Like the best part is all the little side dishes. Sure. And you get them all. And yeah. it's so good. And you don't have to ask for the, the, the side dishes. No, you're just going to get, you're going to have the pickled daikon and a little bit of kimchi and a yeah. little bit of radish kimchi and like uh, the the seaweed salad and like everything yeah yeah very um, good so nice yeah you know more about sushi and things because i don't really eat sushi mm-hmm. yeah i mean i don't have a a favorite sushi place these days i used to i used to do a lot of kanda Okay. Back in the day when I would regularly go for all you can eat sushi. Before you downtown. started dating me and stopped eating sushi. <laughs> Before I stopped going downtown regularly, right. honestly. Yeah, I mean the the thing with sushi in Montreal is that like we are landlocked. Yeah. So the quality of sushi here is always going to be like B plus at best. Right. We're not gonna get incredible sushi here because we're not gonna get incredible fish here. Right. We can get good like we can get very good sushi here. Don't get me wrong. There are places here that do a very good job with what they've got. Um, <laughs> but I grew up in Vancouver, you know. Like right. there's, I have I have limits to to what I can enthusiastically recommend. Here. Yeah, 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 yeah. That being said, I have spent a non-zero amount of time in kosher sushi places uh, by virtue this of having true. a lot of friends who keep kosher. And uh, I will say, Yakimono also on Mugland, a kosher sushi place that I absolutely love. Love me some kosher sushi. Uh, they also do the thing where you get a bunch of different, uh, not like sides as much, but like condiments. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, like if you order a platter, they send you like three or four different sauces to dip it in. Now, is kosher sushi just that it's uh, fins and scales? So no shrimp, no yeah, like yeah, octopus. The shellfish. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they, you know, it's all the fish. Yeah, yeah. and it's okay. Um, and it can be raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah, fish yeah. don't have blood in yeah, so it's, much. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, you know, they it costs like twice the price because right, they got to have a guy kosher. on staff who makes sure it's kosher, right? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but beyond that, yeah, it's mostly just like you're not going to get like, you know, seafood, shellfish, yeah. like that kind of stuff is not. You, you will table. get seafood because fish are seafood. Well, you know what I mean. You're not going <laughs> to get the, the weird ones. It's, <laughs> and it's going to be like the fake shrimp that's Pollock that yeah. looks like shrimp. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's okay. it. Um, so it's like a little... A little more accessible to people who have trouble with that kind of stuff as well. I see you raising your eyebrows at me. It's you. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I really like that place. I um, I think it can stand up to the non-kosher sushi places of Montreal as well. Uh, none of which can stand up to the yeah. like sushi places of like coastal cities. Yeah. Hot take. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really, you can't really help that. One more shout out, local place, Petito Kebi on Monkland mm-hmm, uh, does mm-hmm. Korean Japanese fusion. Yes, really nice. Sometimes a little salty. Sure, I find sometimes on on the saltier side. So mm-hmm. if you're somebody who doesn't like things on the saltier side, it might not be for you. Yeah, uh, really intimate dining environment. Yeah. Like you have your own little booth, mm-hmm. your own little room. Um, the chef is lovely, yeah. like just the nicest guy. It's like run by one person, yeah. and he does a great job. Um, and the food is beautiful. Beautiful. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Highly it, it, recommend. Really great spot. Really can't go wrong. So Lee, that's not exactly what you asked, but I, I hope you enjoyed that. That's the thing. Like we're we're here to, to A your cues and sometimes yeah. we A your cues with a little extra eye information. Now, we've gotten through three questions, I think. Yeah. All right, we're gonna go to the mid roll and when we come back we're gonna answer a couple more questions before we wrap up. Yeah. If you're enjoying the show so far, please make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. 
While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of May, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need. Inflation, damn. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of this show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. There's literally no other way to turn zero into six, so if that math is exciting for you, go do it. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. Mm-hmm. We are currently trying to grow our Patreon support to reach a $50 a month level. Uh, now, for those of you who don't know what Patreon is, it's kind of like an ongoing crowdfunding platform where uh, you, as a listener, can throw whatever amount of money you see fit uh, to Patreon to give to the creators that you love on a monthly basis uh, just to help us, you know, make the stuff that we make. Because if you think about podcasting as a job, right, like the amount of work that goes into something like this, even at minimum wage, which where we live was just raised to 15, 25 an hour. Um, if I was making 15, 25 an hour per episode for this, um, I'd be getting about... <laughs> maybe like $75 an episode. Yeah. Um, that's four episodes a month. Yeah. So, you know, if you think about it, $50 a month is not that amount. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's something and it's enough to, you know, help us keep the show going to mm-hmm. pay the like hosting fees and whatnot. Um, so, you know, we're, we're happy to do this without getting an hourly rate for it, but the expenses would be nice to have covered, you know? Uh, so if you could help us get there, we would greatly appreciate it. And, and that's what our $50 yeah. goal is. It's yeah. just making sure that, like, our, our the, the fee that we... RSS feeds cost money. Uh, yeah. This is something a lot of people probably don't know. Yeah. So in addition to editing, taking about an hour per every 10 minutes of content, probably less for you because you're very fast. Much less on that. (laughs) Uh, But that's usually what I give people the ball bark. And then there's also like you have to pay to keep your RSS feed up Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, so that that's distributed to your apps so that you don't have Mm -hmm. to go to a specific website in order to listen to this. Um, And that's what we mean by operating costs is that we have to pay that uh, any like website hosting, although at this point we're not doing... Yeah, it's basically just yeah, Patreon. It's basically yeah, just yeah. that. Um, I mean, SoundCloud. Just, sound, yeah. just SoundCloud. And uh, and then, like, you know, it's always nice for Tom to get paid a little for all of the hours of editing they do. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, like, we have kids. We like to feed our kids. We like to feed ourselves. We, we haven't can... trained them to do our work yet. You yeah. know, they're still young. That's it. Like, I'm trying to get Toby to edit, but all he wants to do is watch Blippi. That's he not true. He doesn't watch Libby anymore. He watches exhausting Minecraft playthroughs. It's true. Shout out to JJ and Mikey. <laughs> but that's it. You know, we got to keep our kids fed and we got to keep the YouTube flowing in our house for them so that they don't, you know, rip our heads Riot. off. Yeah. So they let us record ever. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, um, help us get to $50 a month. It would yeah. be great. Patreon.com slash NoBadFoodPod. If we get to $50 a month, we're going to launch our No Bad Food Recipe Club. Which is exciting. It'll be a chance for you to get new recipes from us on a monthly basis. Get hyped! Yeah. In 2017, Universal Studios announced The Dark Universe, an ambitious project that would see all of their classic movie monsters come together like some kind of horror Avengers. Only one movie was ever made, which bombed so hard they canceled the entire franchise. But what if they hadn't? On our podcast, Are You Afraid of the Dark Universe, we imagine the connected horror universe that never was. Every week, one of us pitches the other on the next movie in the universe until we grow to Marvel proportions and beyond. 
So far we've tackled Frankenstein, the Wolfman, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and many more, and we're just getting started. Follow along on your favorite podcast app and ask yourself the question, Are you afraid of the dark universe? So moving on back into our questions, uh, mm-hmm. Cupcake Dex, who is a, a you know you know you know Dex at this you know point. Dex. She's been on so many times. Mm-hmm. Asks us, what's the question you couldn't stop thinking about? This is this is a an interesting question to me because of the lack of context. Work. Yes, <laughs> it's really it's it's very like <laughs> like. Do you mean in the context of the show? Do you mean just in life in general? Like, what is something that constantly I haunts keep our it brains? To the context of the show, yeah, that works for me. <laughs> My brain is haunted by many things. Yeah, I can tell you that the "what is the worst pickled item?" question haunted me hmm. hardcore. Okay, for a long time. Okay. If we're talking about food questions, mm-hmm. like, I want to know how cheese happened. Sure. I want to know who thought that was a good idea. Like the first person you like thought Like the that? first, mm-hmm. the way cheese, I mean, I'm sure that cheese happened by storing milk in leather bags like we've talked about. Yeah. I just, like, I'm so curious about the first cheese. Yeah, I, I, I often wonder about, like, the first time people ate things like that right yeah. where it's like i don't wonder how they happened because like we've all left something somewhere for no, a while i wonder long. how it became a culinary <laughs> item yeah yeah you know how did they look at their curdled milk and go well let's try that anyway exactly. i think probably out of necessity realistically right like probably if your milk spoils or doesn't spoil if your milk mm-hmm. turns into cheese in your bag and you're like shit my milk turned into whatever this is you're not necessarily in a position to throw it out and have new milk like maybe i mean i'm more i'm more inclined to think that it came out of like storage things like figuring mm. out how to store cheese and sure. how to store milk and then being like well it's not exactly milk anymore but that's what i, I mean, mean right? cheese is ancient yeah. like people have been eating cheese for millennia yeah but, um, but that's what i mean right it's like probably the first time they stored it they weren't expecting it to come out as cheese after, right? And they probably had a nasty surprise when they opened it and found that it was no longer liquid. Mm-hmm. And and at that point, you have to decide, do I eat this and hope for the best, or do I throw this out and have no milk? Right. And I think, realistically, that's probably where most discoveries like this came from, is yeah. just like, well, <laughs> we're going to yeah. eat it anyway. Although, you know what? If we're talking about, like, rennet, if we're talking mm. about somebody storing milk in like a a cow's stomach sure and discovering the action of rennet Mm. that's not necessarily a nasty curdled moment sure because that's cheese curds in a way right right that's something that's still going to be kind of fresh and white and not necessarily funky sure sure like it's not just like oops i left the carton of milk in the fridge right it's chunky yeah um, anyway, that's a question that haunts me. I hope yeah. that answers your que- your you. If I ever time traveled, that's who I would want to oh, talk to. Back to that moment. I would want to be like, "What happened here, people? Yeah. yeah, how did we get here?" I like that. I I think for me, it's the questions I can't stop thinking about are all the ones where people put me on the spot and ask me what my favorite X is. You know, <laughs> like my favorite sandwich, my favorite condiment, my favorite like. You know, we have another question on this list that we may or may not get to today that's like about like naming a sandwich after yourself. And I'm like, I've been fucking thinking about that for a hot minute because I don't know. I don't know. That's so much pressure. Yeah. To put to put my name on a sandwich. I mean, look, I make sandwiches at work. Yeah, I, I I make at some the menu. point you're gonna make the Tommy sandwich, but like I'm the terrible. Tommy Z. Like like what 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 goes on that? I don't know yet. 
You know, it hasn't come to me. Mustard. Almost certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Realistically, yes. But, um, and it's going to be something that gives you heartburn. Yeah. I know we're yeah. not answering this question yet. No, but but this is it. Like, I I can't... That question, like, hits me often, yeah. you know, yeah. where I'm just like, I don't know what I would do. Like, like I, I have ideas for sandwiches on a daily basis because I'm in a position where I get to put sandwiches on a menu. So I'm not in a position where I have to decide what sandwich I'm putting on a menu right. and it's this big weighted thing. It's like often I'm in a position where I'm like, oh, what meats do I want to use this week yeah. so we can get rid of them? But when it's like, am I developing, like if it's the Elvis, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I don't have a signature sandwich, you know? I really like a good meatball sub. I like so what you're saying parm. is the questions that haunt you are ones that give you an identity crisis. Please and moins, yeah. Like yeah. I, I, I gotta, yeah. The, the ones that that make me question my myself too deeply. Okay. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's what haunts me. I know what you're talking about in therapy this week. <laughs> I just can't decide. That's the thing. I'm. I'm. That's the question I can't stop thinking about. Is what am I going to talk to my therapist about this week? <laughs> All right. Shall we? Uh... Yeah, next yeah, one. Next this, one. And this is the final one I think we're going to yeah. do today. And it's a nice one to go out on. Yeah. Um, we got this question from Carol Ann Hoyt. Mm-hmm, and we mm-hmm. got it a while ago. And we've kind of been saving it for the right moment. Yeah. And this feels like the right moment. This feels like the right moment. Um, what was the inspiration to create this podcast? Yeah. So for me, I mean, I'm the one who created this podcast. So yeah, I guess this I'd is a question you. for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, for me, it was it was a few things. Obviously, there was the factor of my previous show ending. Yes. And and just, you know, it becoming clear that I was going to have to do something I could do alone. Mm-hmm. Because I was, it, it was COVID. It was yeah. really hard to do group work at the beginning of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really hard to be the only producer on something that still relied on other people. Because mm-hmm. uh, you just can't, right? When you're meeting with people in person regularly, it's a little easier to have like team members who show up to do it. Like, you know, if you're not paying people, obviously, uh, which I wasn't because again, <laughs> help us get to $50 a month, whatever. Um, so it was hard, right? It was like, okay, I'm shifting from this place where it's easy to get people in the studio every week to having to schedule calls with people and that just asks for a different type of engagement that like just wasn't really lending itself anymore in the way that it used to. And I was like, okay, what can I do alone? Right. If I need to host a show by myself, what can I do? But what am I passionate about? Right. (laughs) What's something that I can talk about for hours, potentially rant about solo into a microphone. If it really comes down to it, like what will feel the most natural to me to do that with? And it was either food or like, some like nerdy shit like I could maybe do Pokemon (laughs) or something but like I felt like the one that had the the best potential for not being something I'd burn out on was food and uh so I decided to go that direction with it and I was right yeah uh and I'm glad to not be doing it alone anymore Mm -hmm. but I still know in the back of my head that on weeks where we don't manage to do something together Mm -hmm. I can potentially come in here sit down for 20 minutes and ad-lib something that will be decent. Yeah. And that's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I really remember about the beginning of this show was in the beginning of COVID, um, I mean, we've always cooked together and we've always mm-hmm. eaten together, but our cooking, as I think is true for a lot of people, got creative mm-hmm. in a way that it hadn't been. Yeah. And we were talking about things like sustainability and sourcing and 
preservation in new ways. I think a lot of us were because of just yeah. the world changing and, and you want things to feel stable and secure. We started growing things on the balcony. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was really fun because just the, the two of us have such different food backgrounds mm-hmm. in terms of like how we interacted with food right. when we were young. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think those conversations started happening yeah. during that period just because we were home so much and we right. were cooking so much and we were, you know, focusing on food production so, so, so much. And this this show feels very like home cooked to me because like mm. even before we joined before I joined on officially, so many of these conversations were happening in our kitchen. Right. Uh, like before recording, so much of this was just like learning new things, yeah. talking about new things, picking up something new at the market. And yeah, I mean, I think I've told the story of me coming on the show, which mm. was Tom having a little meltdown in the kitchen being like, I want to have a co-producer on this show I want to have a co-host but I need to find someone who's as passionate as it, about it as I am and like is going to be around and is going to just quit and I was just like at some point like I mean you know yeah. well and the only reason I hadn't asked you at that point was because you had a food podcast idea that yeah. you had recorded a pilot for which we've released which on we've now before. released and like I didn't want to step on your toes when I was doing right. this one initially and like obviously I ran this by you before I started it and like you know that conversation happened it, yeah. but I never was sure if you were going to resurrect that at some point so right. I didn't want this to, to be the same show as that right and I also didn't want to assume you would want to be part of this mm-hmm. just in case you wanted to be part of that instead right, right. and like right. keep that going and so I was like oh I don't know if I can even ask you and so right. when you offered I was like sick all right good <laughs> And I just wasn't sure if you wanted to record with me. I was like, maybe you want this to be your own thing and I don't want to step on your toes. Right. And I don't want to be like, because like we were in each other's space 100% of the time at that point. I was like, I don't know if you like actually want me for another hour of the week. Uh, but I think it's worked out really well. It has, yeah. Like, it's been a lot of fun, and there's something feels very right about this show being mm. a family show. Yeah, I think um, so. And, yeah. like, that's not to say that we wouldn't introduce another co-host at some point down the line if someone felt right for it, you know? But, like, it's, it's yeah, we're, nice we're, to be in this space. As podcast hosts, we're not monogamous. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like, I've, I've always oh, liked absolutely. the idea. Oh, absolutely. We could like, add other people to the, to the, to the crew here. Yeah, exactly. Um, but in the meantime been nice it's been pretty good yeah yeah that's it and that's a good show and i i think you know you should expect another hundred episodes out of us probably probably let's be real i'm gonna be doing this for a long time yeah yeah because i i can't stop now it's been eight years yeah i gotta get i gotta hit at least 10 before i can stop at this point you're never gonna stop but like can you imagine like if I get to nine and start feeling like I need to stop doing podcasting for whatever reason, you're gonna make it. Another I'm year. gonna force myself yeah, to make it to yeah, ten. Yeah, absolutely. Like, fuck, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's just gotta happen. I feel like the only way you stop before then is if you get like picked up by like some network show. Oh, I would ditch podcasting for television yeah, in a heartbeat. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. But but like, I did, yeah, maybe not even honestly. I can hear you. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, but that's it, right? Like, I can't. I'm not going to stop doing this. I All love doing this. All the TV people have podcasts anyway. Exactly. That's yeah. it. Yeah. But I would be willing to go to bi-weekly if I got picked up by television. There we go. You know? That's it. <laughs> yeah. I'm still saying no bad food on the Food Network. Hit us up. We could. We could. So that has been... Episode 100. Yeah. 
our, um, our AMA. Thanks for uh, bearing thanks. with the slight delay on this one uh, after we said it would be last week and then we all got gastro and <laughs> moved our schedule around. You, you know, know what's really hard to do when you have stomach flu? <laughs> this? Talk about food. It was nuts, y'all. <laughs> I, like, there was a brief window where it was the night that I had gastro when I was throwing up. I threw up the last time and was like, I could probably squeak out a podcast episode right now. And I looked at you and you were exhausted. And I was like, okay, do 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 I want to force you exhausted to do an episode with me? Croaky voiced from just puking. And I was like, no, I'm going to be stressed about this instead. I'm not going to share all the gory details because like, bless your hearts, this is a food show. Yeah. But let's just say I had gastro one weekend. Yeah. We thought we'd escaped it. Then Toby got it on Thursday. Yeah. Um, then I got it on Saturday and then Tom and Rhea got it on Sunday. Yeah. So, um, and Toby got it like overnight on Thursday. So I was up with him all night on Thursday and then like had to work on Friday and then got sick on Saturday. So I was awake all Saturday night and then... Ray was sick all Sunday night. So like not only well, were Sunday we, was when I was Yeah, sick and you too. were yeah. also sick. So not only was everybody sick, I had also been awake for like three or four nights yeah. with various people <laughs> being sick. It was miserable. It was a bad it time. It was miserable. Um so you got a pasta fest episode and it was fantastic. Exactly. Uh and now we are perked up and better. Exactly. Uh, here we are with here episode hundred. <laughs> Raring to go for another hundred. That's it. And we uh, we have a lot of really fun stuff lined up for the next little while. We can tell you for sure we're doing a lot of bread content this year. Hell yeah. We're going to explore different kinds of breads. We're going to explore the different like elements of bread as well. Uh, like We're not just going to talk strictly bread that has been made. We're going to talk yeast. We're going to talk flour. It's going to be a deconstructed year of bread a little bit. But also a, a year of exploring breads of the world and of our hearts. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to still talk about things that aren't bread as well. Like I said earlier, we're doing an episode on pickles next week uh, with our buddy Greg Schultz, who uh, is a delight. And we talked, I talked to him earlier today, actually. We recorded that this morning. And like, that's. Oh, it's so fun to be back to normal content after yeah. Munch Madness. I Munch love Munch Madness. Munch Madness is great. And then it's really always really good to like get back into our... Because we get all hyped up yeah. during Munch Madness. Like yeah. We're like, oh my God, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about this. Yeah. Like People are giving us ideas. Well, and it's, um, it's a break from the format too. So yeah. when we finish it, we're like, okay, back to our format. And it's liberating to get back to our format after. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so I'm stoked. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we have cool guests coming up in the next little while. We have summer just around the corner, which means we're going to have more energy. We're gonna Man, more... listen, I just dug out my garden 50% bigger. We're going to be planting those those flowers yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, we planted nasturtiums. I'm going to talk about edible flowers because I am mm-hmm. growing at least three different kinds of edible flowers Damn this right. year, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at least three, possibly more. I've got to think. Marigolds are edible too. At least four. Damn. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good year. It's gonna yeah. be a good time. It's gonna be a good year. Yeah. Twenty twenty three. Pew pew pew. We're about due. <laughs> <laughs> Eight more years. We haven't had a good year since twenty sixteen. So. <laughs> when I was twenty three, it was a very good year. Uh, it was twenty three and twenty sixteen. Oh. Guys, thank you so much for listening to No Bad Food. 
Do you want to be part of the conversation? You can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at NoBadFoodPod. And individually, I'm at Tom Zalatni. And I'm at Tefferbear. If you like this episode and you want to help us make the show even better, you can head to Patreon.com slash NoBadFoodPod to donate. For as little as $1 a month, you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like Gab, Thomas, Anne, Erica, Andrew, Chantal, David, Mallory, Sarah, Nell, Carol Ann, and Rachel. You did it in order! Yeah, baby! Patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So if that's exciting for you, get your butt over to Patreon.com slash NoBadFoodPod and make it happen. We also have merch. You can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our friends over at Podcavern. Uh, folks, also another thing, if our Patreon goes up, probably new merch line. Yeah, probably new real. merch line. Yeah. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach What's Your Favorite Ingles, and our cover art is by David, our Desert Island Pick Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. Last but certainly not least, the show was produced by me, Tom Zalatni, and you, Tefer Jemian, and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, as part of the Podcavern Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com. Bye! Eight more years. <laughs> Just takes a little time, it takes a little time, it takes a little time with me. I hope you don't mind, we'll take it slow this time. No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Tom. I'm Sam. And I'm Laura. And we are... Disney Dummies! Look, we know there are Disney super fans out there, but even the superest of fans could still be Disney dummies. That's why the three of us are on a quest to watch every single animated theatrical release in chronological order. From Snow White all the way to whatever's out right now. We dive into each movie in detail, talking about fun facts, talking about the animation, hit you with some hot takes, our favorite reviews on the internet. We even talk about who fucks. I still can't believe that's an actual segment. So join us every second Wednesday for another episode of Disney Dummies. And Pixar Pals when we finally catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Brought to you by the fairy tale whimsical depths of the Podcavern.